Hey everybody, on this episode, we're gonna talk about Mountain West Expo, what it was like, the people that I met, all the cool shit that happened, and I had a blast. I think most of you know that I do a live radio show every Tuesday, 8 p.m. Central Standard Time on Overland Radio. Now, you can find that on YouTube, Facebook, and you can find that at www.overlandradio. I recommend going to Facebook because you can actually chat, you can see us, all that kind of stuff, and we will try to answer all of your questions. I met a lot of people at the Mountain West Expo that I am excited to bring on and interview. So make sure that you come and check it out. Tuesdays, 8 p.m. Central Standard Time. Go to the Facebook page. That's where I recommend you go to listen to All Over Overland, the radio show. Hey, if you guys are looking for a fun event to go to, you need to put on your calendar right now more expo. It's going to be April 8th, 9th, and 10th in Springfield, Missouri. Go to www.moreexpo.com for more information. Hey everybody, it is Michael with All Over Overland and I have just gotten back from Mountain West Expo, the Overland Expo in Loveland, Colorado. And I've got to say, it blew my mind. There were so many vendors, so many people, and I got to hang out and meet so many people. So let's kind of start with what happened. I met Lee in Tulsa. Um, I picked up an Opus Light and I drove it from Tulsa to Loveland, Colorado, and then I'll tell you, I ended up driving all the way back to my house, so it's at my house right now. Lee's going to come pick it up. It just kind of, that's the way it worked out. So we we drove, I got there Tuesday, late afternoon. We hooked it up real quick and headed out. We stayed the first night in Guymon, Oklahoma, and we just stayed at a Walmart parking lot, and the funniest thing happened, this guy pulls up in this beat up Chevy and uh Hispanic guy pulls up and just says, Hey man, um, are you guys from here? And I started laughing. I was like, kinda. You know, because Guyman is in Oklahoma. It's just in the north kind of west corner, not the panhandle, but the northwest corner. Well, maybe it's a little bit in the pan. No, nah, it's not in the panhandle yet. Kind of close. Maybe a little bit. Anyway, so <laughs> we uh we were sitting there, and he asked us this question. Of course, Lee thinks he's trying to sell us meth because it was late at a Walmart parking lot. And uh, I said, you know, we're kind of from here. He's from Tulsa. I'm from the city. And he said, man, the winds get really heavy. Your tents are going to fly off the top of your trucks. I have a quick pitch, and Lee was going to sleep up in his brand-new alley cab canopy. So it looks like there's a tent on top of our trucks. Well, I kind of laughed and I said, hey, man, no worries. Thanks for the warning about the wind, but our tents are bolted down. And then he thought that was the coolest thing he'd ever seen. Um, Talked to him for a little bit. Really, really super nice guy. He was just really wanting to make sure that we were going to be safe for the evening. So I really appreciate it. Shout out to the guy that came and said something to us, just making sure that we were going to be safe. Um, We had actually, we slept pretty good there. I did. Um, Lee said he did too, but you know, Walmart parking lots are available for you if you need to 
sleep somewhere and you can't find a campsite or, you know, you, something happened and, and whatever may happen on your trail, just know Walmart parking lots are available. What's cool about it is you can, you know, get all the, the food and, and supplies that you need and they have restrooms. That was a key factor. They have restrooms. So we always try to, I say always, first time I've ever done it, try to camp kind of away from the doors, obviously, um, you know, to the edge of the parking lot, that kind of stuff. Uh, keeps you out of the way of traffic, keeps you out of the way from people just kind of wandering by and all that kind of stuff. But uh, overall, I can't say that the Walmart experience was great inside because they were kind of incompetent as workers. But that's another story for another day. We jumped in the truck that morning and we headed to um, headed up to, to uh, Nebraska, headed up to Kansas, and we decided to go back roads um, all the way up there. It was going to take a little longer, but I was kind of feeling like this was sucking all my gas and wanted to stay in the, the 60, 65 mile per hour range. And plus, when I go somewhere... I usually like taking the back roads because I like to see what America has to offer. And you don't get that from four-lane, six-lane highways. So we uh, we really kind of enjoyed the drive. You know, Kansas is Kansas, but um, it was pretty. The skies were beautiful. Everything was wonderful. We got into Colorado, and, you know, the scenery was the same for a little while, and then it started changing. Um, you know, we weren't getting into mountains because we were on the east side of Colorado, but the towns were really cool. I don't remember the name of all of them. I don't even remember what highway we were on. That'd be better. Lee would probably remember that because he seems to remember everything that happens. Um, but there was a town that we went through that, you know, some massacre had happened. They had this big sign, home of the something or other massacre. So, um, I'm going to have to go back and check that out and see what that was because, those are the stories that interest me. That's one of the reasons why I like overlanding. It's not just to get to remote places, but it's to go see the world. More on that maybe a little bit later. Um, see the cultures and the people, taste the foods, all that kind of stuff. We, uh, we drove uh, pretty hard on, what was that? I guess that was Wednesday. We got to the events place, the ranch event something or arena, whatever it's called. Um, but it's called The Ranch. Um, they're in Loveland, Colorado. A big, beautiful space. Um, it's like a fairground. And uh, we got there. We got the, the trailers unhitched. We got those kind of set up. We weren't in any big hurry because the event didn't start um, until Friday. And vendors, we were a day early for vendors, uh, which was kind of the plan. We were thinking we were going to drop the trailers and then go camp in the mountains. But... Where were the mountains? They were really far away from where we were staying. I say really far away. They, you know, you could kind of start seeing them, but uh, but it wasn't like you were in the trees and in the mountains. I was a little upset about that. Not upset, annoyed. Um, and maybe annoyed's not even the right word. I was just kind of, ugh, this sucks. I thought we were going to be in trees and at least the mountains were going to be visible. You couldn't see the mountains and there were hardly any trees at all in this area, but it's like a fairground area where they sh do shows and a lot of, you know, uh, events like ours and stuff like that. So it kind of makes sense. So we get all set up and Adam from step 22 was there. So got to hug on him and, you know, and, and talk to him and got to see his new trailer with the logo, or I guess the trailer with the new logo. 
and uh, and it looks amazing. It looks like a race. It looks like it should be should have some like race card in it, you know, because it's got twenty two on the side of it. Um, but it's his logo. It's his brand. That's exactly what you want. You need your brand everywhere you can put it, um, and for people to see. So he's got a few new products. We're gonna try and get him on um, in the future and uh, and and soon probably, and uh, talk about some of the new gear that he has that he is. Uh, put together and has for us to be able to purchase. Um, so got to spend a lot of time with Adam. I hadn't met him in person yet. I only talked to him, you know, a few times and got to do the interview with him, but he's like a brother to me, man. You know, I saw him and it was just instantly like, there's my dude. And, uh, so it was good to see him talk to him. And then his crew was awesome. Um, everybody that helped him out was super badass. In fact, Badass Burnett was one of them. So if you're not following her, make sure you follow her. She has just recently started her um, on-the-road life thing experience as of, like, I think three months ago or so, if I remember correctly. But she's obviously been immersed in everything adventure for a long time. She's got, you know, a lot of following on Instagram and uh, and so check that out. Make sure that you go and check out her YouTube channel. Like it, subscribe it, get the bells, do all that kind of stuff that we do for the for people in this um, community. You know, I mean, if you've got a friend that I've said this before, if you've got a friend that that is doing something through Instagram, YouTube, whatever it may be, be a friend and subscribe and hit the bell notification and then like everything they've got, comment as much as possible. Because that just helps them out in the algorithms to make sure that more people get to see it, not just you. You want to do stuff to make it to where more people see it so that they can continue to do this type of lifestyle. Now, what does that mean? The more likes and more people they get that subscribe is possibly more money that they can get from monetizing their channels. So you don't even have to do anything but like and comment, subscribe, bell notifications, those things. Make sure that when a video comes out, you try to do it as soon as possible because the algorithms... Anyway, I've talked to you guys about that before. So got to meet um, a lot of people there um, that were with Step 22 Gear. Had one of the... Or not one of the best pizza I've ever had in my life. And you can go to my Instagram and see the reel on that. Amazing. I think I put that reel up and within... 12 hours, it had like, what was it, like 2,700 views or something like that. It was crazy fast, um, and uh, but it was good pizza, so it was really, really, really good. So Thursday, we spent the day kind of setting up. I got to meet Paul with Opus. He's the guy that owns and runs Opus Trailers, and he was super cool, British accent, had fun with him. And uh, and then I spent most of the time walking around, meeting people and getting some good contacts for shows for the future. So I think I did make quite a few good contacts and, you know, not just like, hey, look, we want to get you on, but like, hey, you know, we became friends. Why don't you come on? That kind of thing. That's the way I kind of want to do it. I want it to be I want it to be to where I'm doing videos from friends and you know obviously sometimes it'll be people that I haven't met yet or that I don't know and that's great too because it's always usually something that I want to know more about it's very rare in this industry that I get somebody that contacts me out of the blue and just says hey we want to be on it happens 
And usually it's something pretty badass, you know, kind of like the um, Atlantic British. You know, they had somebody reach out to us to get him on and had a blast with um, with him, you know, just a few weeks ago. So, uh, yeah, it, it was kind of fun. Thursday, you know, there, there weren't any of the uh, – it was just vendors, vendors and vendors helpers. So it was an easy day to kind of talk to people once they kind of had their stuff kind of set up or in a spot where they felt like they could kind of talk. And it was pretty, uh, pretty relaxing day. Now, on Friday, they opened the gates and people start coming in, um, even people that were there to uh, camp and spend the whole weekend. Um, really started coming in, and we got a pretty prime spot. The guy there, Fabio, Fabio? Fabio was his name. Um, super cool guy. He was helping with um, with the expo and getting people in their camp spots. He let us camp where we wanted to so that we could be as close to our booth as possible. So we were across this little gravel road, but we were right there. We could see um, the booth the whole time. From the booth, we could see our vehicles. That just made us feel good. You know, not that anybody was going to be shady, but it was also a short walk back and forth, you know. Um, So that was nice. They started filing people up against the back, back wall, our back, back fence, and then it slowly kind of came towards us. Um, all of Adam's people camped right by us because their booth was right by us. And anyway, we partied with those fools the whole time. And, uh, I'm not going to say if I was one of the ones being loud Saturday night, but I, um, I might've been with that group for, uh, uh, for part of the evening. Let's just, I'm just going to put it that way. So (laughs) we did some, we had a good time. So Friday, people were showing up. We were getting to see people, talk to people. I learned more about the Opus. I learned so much about the Opus just by listening to Lee and Paul talk about it that I started helping customers as well. Now, I told them I'm not an official Opus person. I've slept in the Opus 4 many, many, many times. I've helped Lee set it up. Um, I've helped Lee tear it down. I know how simple it is, and I've seen it in action on the trail, so I could tell them kind of my thoughts on that. Um, one of the things that I came away with on the Opus trailer, and this is not necessarily a commercial for Opus, but I do think it's a valid platform to look at. If you're looking for a trailer, it's something you guys really need to, to think about in your list of trailers. A lot of people want you know, a teardrop um, trailer, and I get it. They're kind of badass, and it's hard-sided, and you, know, you stop and you open the door. But most of those start at... 35,000 and I say most of them, there's a few of them at 35,000 and then they go up from there. You have a few lower rung ladder or uh, trailers. <laughs> lower rung just made me think of ladders. But lower rung la- uh, trailers that don't have as many options. Hiker's always a good option if if you want a trailer that's simple. Hiker's a good simple trailer. They're really inexpensive, but you just get a trailer that's a box. You don't really get much of anything else. Um, So keep that in mind. One of the things that I was telling somebody, she came out of the tent. It kind of hit me. I say tent, the trailer. She was coming out of the trailer, the Opus trailer, and she goes, why do you need a house anymore? This has everything that you need. And uh, and it made me think, price per square or cubic foot. 
So if you look at the Opus trailer and think about it as far as price per square foot, there's nothing that can touch it. The OP4, you know, depending on your dealer, is going to be in that mid-30,000 range, fully decked out. So mid-30,000 range, um, you can get OP4 fully decked, obviously come down a little bit if you don't need as much of the stuff. But fully decked out, it's pretty badass. Um and that lady that I told that to, or the next lady I was talking to that I told that to, she kind of went, oh my gosh, that makes sense. Why haven't I thought about pricing this like a house? I said, exactly. Price per square foot. You know, now you know what you're getting, you know what the value is, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so um, that, and I like, since I drove it there, that you can still see out your rear view mirror. So you can see a vehicle behind, you can see a motorcycle behind, you can see all of those things. You have full range of vision behind you to the sides, to the back, like all of it. It's a no-brainer to me. Of course, you know, if it fits your lifestyle, great. There are so many different good options. CampWorks, uh, Colorado, they, like they make a great option, an all-electric option that's a molded, you know, kind of frame now or, or molded camper with, uh, with a, uh, a frame below it. So... Um, there's a lot of different trailers out there. I can't even imagine or, or begin to go through the list of them from Turtleback to, you know, Campworks Hiker, Opus. You know, there's just so many out there. So trailers galore. There were so many trailers there. It was crazy. There were so many van builds. Um, we're going to get a few of those guys on. That was super fun to see the different van builds and see how people kind of the way they engineer it and the way they think that a van should be. Um, so many different options out there and there's so many people that want them that it's good to have the options. It helps, it helps all around. I've always said it's good to have more than, than one option out there. Good, good to have more than one store in your area to be able to go to because sometimes they carry different gear and just because, you go to one store most of the time doesn't mean you can't go to the other store and buy something from them too. Help the community, help us grow, all of that. There's not more than enough room. Um, so that was Friday. Friday night was pretty low-key. Um, we didn't really go anywhere. We just stayed there um, the whole time. So we camped right there by our trucks. And wouldn't you know it, Brad from Trail Recon came to the expo and they put him right by Lee and I, like right by us. It was crazy. We watched him pull up and we were like, oh, that's interesting. Brad's going to be here. Oh, he's going to camp right by us. Awesome. So, you know, I had interviewed him and talked to him for like 15 minutes at the Moore Expo. And, uh, and so I didn't get to spend a lot of time with him and it wasn't like he was going to remember who I am, but I walked by and I said, hey, Brad, you know, I guess they'll just let anybody camp, you know, by me. He said, "Hey, Michael," and and it blew me away. I was like, "Did you just, did you just say my name?" Like I was in my head, like what just happened here? So his wife Regina was with him. Josh was with him from SoCal. What is it? SoCal Adventures. SoCal Expedition. Oh, I'm so sorry. I forget. Uh, I'm subscribed to it. I don't know why I went blank on Instagram. Anyway, Josh was a blast. Um, loved hanging out with Josh. Um, obviously, Brad was fun. But Regina had me rolling. She was so funny. And uh, just the interactions between them two. She showed us an old picture of Brad that 
I begged her to let me take a picture of it. And she was like, there's no way. She goes, I value my marriage too much to let this out in the public, but I will show it to you. So that was kind of funny. If you see her, just say, hey, do you have that old picture of Brad? I heard something about it. Um, she carries it with her. It's so cute that she had this picture folded up in her purse of Brad like 20-something years ago. Yeah. It was pretty cute to see them. Um, but I actually got to you know, like hang out with them quite a bit. And it was amazing. I was surprised that more people didn't come up and just kind of, hey, Brad, can we get a picture? You know, like everybody does. Um, there was a little bit of that, but it really wasn't near what I thought. And Brad was even impressed um, because he was kind of, he, you know, he just knows what these events are. That's why you come. You come to meet people. And he was like, it's just kind of fun to be able to come to an event and be able to just kind of chill and, and kind of check things out and kind of have some space. He said, um, you know, he's, he's there, you know, to meet people and that's what it's for. But he said it was just kind of nice that people were respectful. You know, it was just, he said it was a good event. He just loved it. Um, but yeah, we got to hang out with them for a while. One of the things that, you know, and I said earlier, we'll catch up with that was the idea of what overlanding is. I think Brad's ideas are probably a little bit more overlanding is just getting to the remote spots. And I don't think that's wrong. I don't think that's wrong. Overlanding is what you want it to be. And so I'm standing there talking with, uh, I think Josh was with us, but it was Brad, Regina, me, and we were just kind of talking and I was like, you know, overlanding, Overlanding for me is being able to go through the small cities, the small cities, the small towns, and see what the buildings look like, see what the culture kind of is like, see what the food is like there. Because all over the United States, the the idea of what you should eat is different. Oklahoma is completely different than Boston, which is different than Florida, which is different than California, which is different than Idaho. You know, you could go through each state kind of has their own unique thing. And within that state, you may have areas that have their own unique thing. Like in Oklahoma, we've got a little area that's kind of got some good um, German food. We've got a couple areas, actually. I know that Texas has a place. Like whenever I go from... I-35, and I start going west, and I can't remember what road it is, but I think you exit on in Gainesville, and you go west. To, towards St. Joe, there's a little town that is a German town, and I think they have several of them in Texas as well. So those are kind of fun things to see, and you kind of feel like you're in different cultures every time you do this. Um, the United States is awesome that way because we have such a melting pot of people, and it, sometimes they would go and you know, really kind of invade, not really invade, but create a town um, that was kind of theirs. You know, Yukon. Sorry about that. I was in mid-talk and I had a phone call that I needed to take. So my apologies. I can't say it won't ever happen again, but man, you know what? I talk and talk and talk and there's not really a lot of breaks. So I had a hard time kind of trying to edit that to where I was like, oh crap, phone call. Anyway, so anyway, back on to what we were talking about as I got sidetracked anyway because we were talking about overlanding and stuff like that. So that was uh, Saturday. So that was Friday. Saturday was a zoo. There were so many people. It was so much fun. And I got to, again, help out uh, quite a bit at the Opus trailer, kind of get my skills, uh, sales skills 
um, kind of in check and, uh, you know, really just kind of like, hey, this is what it is. And really, it wasn't, I don't work for Opus. So I was just talking about my experience with the Opus and some of the things that I like about it and just giving some kind of almost third-party real-world thoughts and experience of what this trailer was like. Um, I pulled it with my Nissan, so I got to talk about how the light, I didn't even notice it was behind me. Other than gas mileage, I didn't even know it was there. Um, and gas mileage was imp- was still not terrible. So now I did turn the AC off um, when I could because I like having the windows down anyway. And I got like 12.6, 12.8 miles per gallon towing the trailer behind the Nissan. Now, with the tires and with the uh, rack and with the quick pitch tint, I was in the 14-something range anyway. So it wasn't, a, it wasn't that big of a difference, but it was enough that I noticed it. You know, let's put it that way. Whenever, whenever you're used to going a certain distance with your truck and that's been cut down quite a bit, um, you notice it. So, uh, but again, I don't think, I think that any vehicle pulling a trailer is going to, is going to get a decrease in miles per gallon anyway. So maybe it wasn't so bad. Now I, (laughs) Lee's got that Colorado diesel and it was like still getting 20 miles, 19, 20 miles per gallon, um, pulling the trailer, even with his, um, new to him alley cab, um, canopy, that he has canopy camper that he has on the truck. So quite a bit more weight than what he's used to, but he's still, you know, he feels it, you know, kind of just the wind blowing. Um, but he didn't feel it as far as gas mileage. I will say that with the same wind blowing, I didn't notice it at all. Of course I have the lightener rack with the, uh, quick pitch on top of it. And my trailer was quite a bit lighter than his, um, I think that mine's in that 2,100 pound range and his fully loaded is probably 4,000 pounds um, in that kind of area. So just kind of give you an idea. But I think the way they have the axles, independence axles set up really helps because I didn't have that trailer walk around. It didn't try to find the grooves of the road. You know, if, if one area was a little higher than the other, it's independent. So they don't really know what the other side's doing. It was pretty cool. I mean, it tracked behind my truck really, really well. I barely noticed it was there um, other than just the gas mileage. That's the only reason why I knew it was there. Um, And, you know, you can see a little bit of it out the rearview mirror, but you can still see clearly everything behind you. Um, So it was kind of cool. Um, Saturday, walked around, uh, talked to a lot of people, got to see Tommy with Colorado Camp Works and really spend time with him. His, His little brother, Billy, was there. And then I think... I think Hank's his older brother, and he showed up. So I got to see all of them, got to hang out with them, got to talk, um, partied with Tommy. I mean, partied with Tommy on Saturday evening. Um, and that's kind of the party night for a lot of the the people there because, you know, Saturday's done and Sunday's usually usually a downhill slide. Um, a lot of people still came through. It was still busy and packed. And, uh, but it's not as crazy as Saturday and it's not as long of a day as well. Um, but got to meet just a ton of people had some of the best slushies I've ever had. Um, that was a cool little slushy machine. It was a bus that was, and it would lower. So then when they park it, they lower it. It was so cool. 
Um, and the food there was amazing. I would have liked to see more variety of food, but maybe that comes later. Um, a lot of people would cook, but you know, I was there really just for the event. It wasn't an overlanding trip for me. It was to go there. Uh, yes, I was camping there, but it wasn't, I didn't stock my, my food, my rig near like I do whenever I go on a regular overlanding trip. Um, I did get the Timbo Tescottle out and made some breakfast for us one morning and I'm still trying to work and get through the, the learning the learning curve of cooking on the Scottle. There is one. If somebody wants to tell you there isn't, they're lying. There definitely is. Adjusting the temperature for what you're cooking, you can get it too hot real quick. Um, and you know, and you got to use the outside. Well, if you're cooking eggs, they're going to go to the middle anyway. Um, actually, I've never had a problem cooking eggs. Eggs has always been the easiest thing to cook on that for me. Um, and meat, any kind of meat's pretty easy. Um, you know, but just trying to get a feel for it. Um, I've only used it a few times, a couple times really. So just kind of, kind of getting there. Um, got to see the guys from mountain hatch, got to see the guys from go treads. Um, Justin from 23 zero was there. Um, who else was, I mean, everybody, a ton of people were there. Just a ton of people were there. Um, Honda was there. So there was a Honda tent going up and I was like, well, this is interesting. What's Honda doing out here? Well, I didn't realize they, they raced Baja. So they had their Ridgeline race in Baja, and um, to say that it's a Ridgeline is a stretch. That race truck was badass. Yeah, I've got videos of it also on my Instagram and on my TikTok. Go check that out. But that truck was badass. I would love, love to have been able to drive it. Obviously, it was just there for show. They did have a fairly stock Ridgeline there with some overlanding gear on it. Um, now, Honda, let's talk. You, you've got this truck. You want it to be at this overlanding event, but it didn't have very quality overland tires. They almost look street. And you put max tracks on both sides of the rack. I understand for aesthetics it looks nice, but we saw through that bullshit. We, we know that that vehicle's never gonna, never been overlanding and never gonna go overlanding. Now, it had some cool rims. It looked cool, but let's set it up properly. Let's get the max tracks all on one side and on the other side. Let's put, a, you know, like a gear pod or let's put, uh, you know, like some recovery. Um, I say recovery. You already got the max tracks on the other side. Let's put some roto packs. Let's put a, you know, an axe, let's put a shovel, whatever on the other side. And then let's, let's, let's deck out the inside. Let's put, a, let's put a rooftop tent that most people use on there, an awning that most people use or most people are familiar with. I'm not going to say the brand they had on there, but I was like, um, yeah, no, I, that's not what I would put on there to show off a vehicle. I'd put something else. I'd put something amazing on there. Does it take away from the vehicle? Hell no. It makes you go, that's badass. So Honda, call me if you need some consulting work on that. I'd love to work with you and get that thing set up properly. Um, and it could be, you know, they've, they've got deals with people, I'm sure. So maybe that's kind of why. Um, but the uh, but it did look nice. I'm not going to lie. It did look nice, but it looked, it probably looked the way a lot of people viewed the Liberty. Why is that here? Why is that out in the, on the trail? 
You know, it's just not a common vehicle out there. It's, it's not, you know, it's all-wheel drive. So that automatically made me think it doesn't probably have low range, or if it does, it doesn't have a low enough range um, for some of the things that we're going we're gonna to get in, involved in, you know, um, or could get involved in. So, uh, but it was nice talking to the guys that were setting up the booth. They were super awesome. Uh, met a guy named Patrick. He actually heads up the event process for, for them. He's a company he doesn't work necessarily for Honda. Honda contracts him. A lot of, a lot of big companies do that. Um, but it was interesting to talk to him Thursday night and kind of get an idea of, you know, of what was going to be happening. He was telling us the race truck was going to be there, all that stuff. Um, but it was just a good time. I got to actually talk to the guys with, uh, with all dogs. They do Nissan, um, suspensions and, uh, and we're going to have them on the show. Of course, I'm a Nissan guy now and I'm in need of suspend of, of upgrading the suspension. I'm almost ready to do that. I've got maybe, maybe a few more things I want to get so that I've got my weight, um, roughly in the area that it's going to be whenever I'm on trail. I don't want to get a suspension that's too soft and I don't want to get a suspension that's too hard. You know, I need one that that's kind of in the area of what my weight is going to be for what I'm putting on the truck. So that's something that you guys need to think about. And I say it all the time, you know, get your truck loaded out and then put your suspension on there because a lot of times out of the box, the suspension is going to be way too soft and when you start putting your equipment in the vehicle, you're going to find out real fast that your vehicle is not going to handle on the road. You're hitting bump stops like it's a problem. So, um, and you can start off with a heavy duty, you know, suspension. Then maybe you find out your gear's not that heavy and you didn't need that. And now it's just stiff. So I recommend that you do your suspension the correct way. Believe me, I did it the wrong way on the Liberty, and I got the lift, and then I started building it out, um, which was a mistake. It was always too soft. I was always hitting bump stops, and it handled like shit (laughs) on the road. So uh, take my advice from experience when it comes to that. I'm not making the same mistake twice. The vehicles out there were unreal. Unimogs all over the place. Earth Roamer was there. They had their uh, whatever it, whatever vehicle it's called, but it's one of the big ones. One point seven million starting out. I took a picture of the inside of it and sent it to my girlfriend, and she said, "Is that granite?" And I was like, "For one point seven million, it damn better be granite." Um, it was amazing vehicle. Of course, that would be phenomenal, but. Who in the world? There's a few people that can afford that. Don't get me wrong. But wow, 1.7 million? Holy balls. Like what in the world? Um, but yeah, it was just a lot of fun. Got to go over to the you know hospitality tent after the event was over where a lot of the vendors would hang out and grab a beer, grab a drink, and talk. And you know, met a ton of ton of people like my brain can't even process all the people that I've met and what their names are and who they are. Like I remember meeting, like I just can't think of all of them right now. It's one of those things where you go blank. But as far as, uh, as far as all the gear, there was more gear than I could ever, ever get to see in just the few days that we were there. You know, I feel like you needed more time, more time, more time, you say. 
Well, Expo West is coming up in, what, three weeks? Like in Flagstaff? I mean, it's going to be here before you know it. Don't know that I'm going to make it. I really kind of want to go, but don't know that I'm going to be able to make it. It's just too fast of a turnaround for me. I have a real job that I have to work. I have bills that I have to pay. And, you know, it's not like it's not like I'm getting paid to go to the expo. So, you know, I mean, I got my gas money paid because I was taking the Opus trailer. And I appreciate that from Lee and Opus that, that I do. I, it was nice to be able to go and be able to see the people in person that I've interviewed and, and some of the people that, you know, I aspire to, to be more like and, and all that kind of stuff. So um, it was a really, really good trip. I recommend it. I recommend Mountain West Expo to anybody that wants to go next year. Um, I haven't been to West or East, so I couldn't tell you how it compared. But just from talking to some people, they were blown away. They were impressed with the facilities there. Um, we would have liked to seen the trash cans rolled out earlier. Um, you know, us as vendors, we had things that we needed to throw away right off the bat, and we couldn't find trash cans anywhere. Um, trash cans were out when people started showing up, but you need to get those trash cans out before the vendors actually show up. And it would have been nice if there were more trash cans throughout the vendor area and the camp area. And I mean, even just even just some smaller trash cans. And I guess maybe they're more of a pain in the ass to, to take care of than putting a big dumpster somewhere. Um, and they had a few of the, the trash cans around, like where the, the food court was and stuff like that. Makes sense, right? So this trip for me was really just getting to meet people and um, getting to shake hands and talk to people about what All Over Overland is and, you know, that we'd love to interview them on the Overland radio. Um, one of the highlights that I had, one of the many highlights that I had, you know that I am big on that knife set that I got, Mischmeischer or however you say it. Um, it's a German knife. It's a folding blade chef knife. And it's it's like one of the top two knife companies for chefs in the world. And this setup is I, for overlanding, for adventure, for camping, for for portable, you know, usable kind of setup. I mean, it has this nice bag that it goes in. It has a cutting board, and I only had the chef knife. Well, I got three of the spots that I need to fill in this bag. Lee says, hey, that knife that you have, they're here. He tells me this Friday, Friday, like 450, 440, something like that. And he was like, you need to go talk to them and see if, you know, they've got the stuff for your knife. I said, yeah, you know, it's kind of late. I'll probably do it tomorrow. He said, I do it now or they might run out. So I went and got my knife um, bag and uh, took it over there. And I was talking to the guy and I was like, hey, look, I got this as a three piece. I need it to be a six piece. The guy, when I bought it, was out of six piece. Um, so what do you have that we can, you know, make this work? I got a fillet knife. I got the, the, the spoon fork knife combo. And then I've got the peeler, um, with the other peeler knife. Um, and so that's what I got to complete the set. And as I'm doing this, this whole setup's called the Adam Glick edition series. And Adam Glick is a chef. He's a fisherman, he's an adventure guy, but he is a chef, like a for reals chef. If you have not 
If you're not following him on Instagram, then I don't know who you are because it looks like everybody is. You need to go give him a check out on Instagram and really kind of see what this guy's about. And like I said, he's a chef and, you know, they came with him and they said, hey, look, we want to do this, this setup. Um, you know, let, what, what can we do? So they, they put this together, this whole, this whole six piece knife setup that you can get. And I laid that down. He was like, and I, the guy standing across the counter from me was like, you're, you're part of the family. You have one. I was like, yeah, but I need to get it finished. So he helped me get it finished. Um, and I got the pieces that I needed. And while he was getting some of those, I looked at him and I was like, wait a minute, you're Adam. And he goes, yeah, you're Adam Glick. I was like, yeah. I was like, dude, I know your story. I, I follow you. I, I, all of that. I mean, like, I, you're here. That's crazy. So shook hands with him, talked to him. Glad that I went there Friday evening because most of the people that had already gone to their cars that were there just to, to kind of experience the expo, all the vendors were still there. But, uh, but I got to talk to him and shake his hand and talk to him about, you know, kind of what we do. And he's excited about coming on. And uh, I can't wait to talk to him more about how he got into all of this. You know, the story behind Adam Glick, I think, is going to be amazing. When we get him on, that is going to be a great interview. I cannot wait. I am super excited about talking to him more about cooking, about adventure, about fishing, about the knives, all of it. I am a huge fan of this knife setup. And if you consider yourself even a partial cook kind of guy, I'm not saying chef, but just a cook get this knife set up. I use it at home. Like it, it goes with me every time I go camping now, but I leave it in my kitchen. That's how good this setup is. It's, it's so good that you can't just use it when you're camping. You need to get more use out of it. And I get all of the use out of it that I can. I'm super excited about the, the, you know, the new blades that I have for it and being able to use those, um, out camping, fishing and doing all of that stuff. I am, beyond excited and cannot wait to talk to him further. Got to meet and talk to Mario in person. Mario is the owner of AT Overland. They do the habitat that I have talked so much about that I would love to have on the truck. Um, there were a couple of other different options out there. You know, Go Fast Campers was there. Um, uh, Super Pacific, uh, Pacific was there. And then there was another one, Skinny Guy. Is it Skinny Guy, what it's called? Um it's a new kind of um, canopy camper, what, whatever you want to call it. But uh, it you can still put your deck system in your vehicle and have this thing on the top of your truck that looks like a, a camper or, or a go fast kind of. It has that kind of look to it where it's a camper with a thing that comes over the bed, the top of your truck and it opens up and you can get in there and they have a couple different options. They have, you know, the five foot, the six and a half foot and the eight foot bed. Like they have all of it available. Like you can get it for whatever vehicle you have. Um, but they're unique. They're pretty cool. Um, and I think it's called skinny guy, skinny guy, skinny camper, something like that. Um, again, terrible. I get on here sometimes and I just go blank. It's probably all the oil fire that I drink throughout the weekend. Um, if you're not, if you think I'm full of it, then just uh, 
just talked to anybody that was camping Saturday night. They probably heard us. We were really close to Brad, and I felt so bad. Um, I left the group early to go to bed. Um, I say early. Let's just say earlier than they finished. Let's just say that. It, it was early. I, I left them early. It, it might have been only an hour early, but it was still early. Um, and, uh, yeah, it was a really good experience. I think that if you guys have the opportunity – you need to go check out Mountain West for sure. I know that a lot of people are going to go to West. I know that they're going to have a blast at West. I'm still on the fence if I'm going to go East. I've never been to East. And uh, I hear, hear good and you know, kind of not so good things about East. I guess it depends on the weather. We've got Rendezvous coming up. We've got more. We've got a bunch of things on our plate over the next year. And I am excited. The... Uh, the growth in overlanding has been amazing. The people, the community is awesome. That is what I'm stoked about. That's why I do what I do is for community. It's all about the community. You know, we, uh, we had a lot of people that we talked to that are starting this. You know, um, Molesia Adventures was there. Um, got to talk to them and hang out with them quite a bit. And I got to say, they're like... They're like good friends. They're like best friends now of mine. I, I love them to death. They were so much fun. Enoch and um, I want to call her Delilah, but I think it's just Delia. Um, but I, I wanted to call her Delilah the whole time. Sorry, forgive me. She's just cutie. Um, but they were, they're like family to me, you know, and, uh, and so many other people. I'm just going blank. So many other people that we're going to have on that have missions, that have purpose that have, you know, kind of a drive to make overlanding and the outdoors better. And I'm excited to have those people on soon. So stay tuned. And uh, if you didn't get to go, you really missed out. If you did go, then you had a blast. I also was given my new shirts. I have new shirts out and I think they're pretty awesome. The response from them was pretty good. I had a couple that I got to wear there, um, and uh, it turned some heads. I got to say, they look really nice. Big shout-out to Long Creek Overland Apparel Company. Go check them out. Go check their website out. Website out. They have a link to my store on there, and you can go from their website. It's all through them, and you can buy one of my shirts. And just know that a percentage of that does go help to keep all over Overland going. I really do appreciate it. You know, one of the biggest things that you can do is like and subscribe to the podcast on whatever platform that you listen to. Um, tell all your friends. Go to the Instagram. Go to the YouTube. Go to the um, go to the Facebook page. And, uh, and the biggest thing that you're going to see, especially on my Facebook page, and it's the group page. So there's two pages. They're different. Like them both if you can, but if you have to only like one, make sure that you like the group page. The group page will have over, I think I'm at 40, over 4,700 members on. Um, and what's amazing about that is that I'm really not that popular. I got two phone calls while I'm doing this podcast. That one was spam. For whatever reason, when I'm doing this on the phone, it lets a phone call interrupt. So sorry about that. I was going to say, make sure that you go to the Facebook page for All Over Overland. Make sure it's the page that has 4,700 followers and not the, the, the page page, which 
doesn't have as many. That's kind of it's kind of the business page. I don't really use it as a business page, but uh, for the future, I didn't want somebody to steal an all over Overland business. You know, anyway. So I've got both, but the group page is the one that I get most of the likes on, most of the hits, and and I don't regulate it. I don't really, to a degree, like. I let even companies every once in a while post kind of what their product is as long as they don't abuse it. Um, people that um, have YouTube channels and all that kind of stuff, post your videos there. It's really my pages for the community. You know, I post obviously everything that I've got going on there, but it's for you guys. It's for you guys to to enjoy, to use, to help promote what you're doing if you have um, you know, like a, a, a Instagram page or a YouTube page, and you need uh, people to know that you're there. It's a place that you can go share stuff. I don't mind it at all. That's that's kind of why I have it built the way I do. Um, so yes, go check that out and uh, like and be on that. And you know, unless you're weird, I'm gonna accept you. And I mean weird. I get. I don't have it. I don't have it set up right now where you like have to ask a bunch of questions to get in. Basically, you just ask to join the group, and I check out um, how long you've been a Facebook member. And then if you're if you're brand new, if you're brand new on Facebook, that throws a flag in my head. And then I go and I look at your profile. And whenever I look at your profile, I really just look to see if you have any pictures of outdoor camping, off-roading, whatever, and that's all it takes. And I let you in. Um, if you don't have any of that and you're a brand new person on um, Facebook, then that makes me think that it's a spam kind of thing and Bitcoin. And every once in a while, we'll have a post come up that's uh, not Overland re- related, and I shut that shit down real fast. My members are really awesome. They'll send me a, hey, this doesn't belong here message, and I will go and I will block your ass from the page. So if you're selling something other than overlanding and you want that, you want to post that on all over overland, you're not only going to get um, the post removed, but your ass is going to get blocked. I'm just not going to put up with it. Um, That's not what it's for. It's for you guys to be able to, it's for you guys. And we don't want to see that crap. But if you're a business, feel free to post products and stuff like that. I just ask that you don't abuse it. If you abuse it, then I'm going to have a talk with you. And if you keep abusing it, then I'll block your ass too. It's the way it is. It's America. It's what we do. Um, what else is going on? I think that's pretty much it. I got home, got everything unloaded. Of course, it's dirty as dirty can be because that place was a little dusty. It would have been nice. A little bit of rain came in. Oh, my gosh. I didn't even tell you about the wind. So Thursday night, we get everything set up, and we're sitting there, and the wind starts blowing. And it's late. It's getting late. The wind starts blowing. We kind of think, huh, it's kind of, I had been watching the, Lee and I both, Oklahoma guys, had been watching the clouds, and I was like, I think there's a storm, and if there's a storm, we're going to have some wind come through first, you know, and there was a bunch of easy ups and stuff like that. So Lee and I had already started kind of securing some stuff down for the Opus area, and uh, and then the winds came in fast. So we went and closed his um, awning and then I had a couple of issues with the quick pitch, uh, the metal springs or poles, whatever you call them, that hold the little rainfly awning out. Um, I don't know if they just don't have enough tension. Hines said that I might have got an older set. 
because my quick pitch uh, is not a brand new one. It had been used by someone else. So that's kind of why I got it, how I got it. Um, and I appreciate it because it's fabulous and I love it. I had some of the best sleeps camping I've ever had. And I even stopped at a truck stop last night and had to had to sleep because it got late. And I slept like a baby up there. And uh, I felt protected and secure. And of course, you know, I've got a little protection with me, so I'm not real worried. But uh, yeah, don't come knocking on my tent in the middle of the night because it, you might not make it. <laughs> you know, don't go knocking on anybody's tent, you know, that's sleeping. And if you know him, you know, you just kind of like, hey, Lee, are you awake? Um, don't, yeah, don't tap on people's tents. It's a good way to lose fingers. Um, but the wind came through. It was insane. Everybody's stuff was blowing around. I know that a couple of pop-ups or the, the easy pop-up tents were destroyed. You know, there was a couple that I saw got thrown in the trash can. Um, there may have been a few rigs that were scratched. Hopefully no rigs, but I know that Adam's um, rental truck had the uh, misfortune of being hit by one of these types of uh, tents. Um so you got a few scratches on that. Hope that works out because it didn't look good. And it was just a rental truck. So, yeah, yeah, that's kind of something that happened. Um, unavoidable kind of thing. But I got to tell you, everybody that was involved in the staff with uh, Overland Expo was really, really nice. And the few questions that I had, they were on the spot to answer them. Really, it was just how do I get my free beer? That was really the only question that I had the whole time. You know, everything was pretty smooth. I was pretty impressed. For a big event like that, it went really, really well. Your opinion hopefully is the same, but it may be a little different. If so, leave a comment and let us know kind of what you thought, um, where this is, but wherever you see this posted, um, if the event was good, if you, if you thought it was kind of bad. Now, don't rate my don't rate my podcast on what you felt about the expo if you didn't like it. Rate my podcast on how you feel I'm doing, you know. I think it's funny. I think people sometimes will rate a podcast on the or a YouTube video on the product itself, not the information they got. You know, if they don't like the product, then they'll give it a bad review. That negatively affects the people that are giving you the review. So, don't rate the item through the rating system, through the, the podcast, or through YouTube. Keep that in mind. Give them a positive response, a positive like, and then in the comment, just say, hey, look, I thought your video was informative. Not my favorite, you know, uh, gear, you know, whatever it may be. Or we thought this at the expo, good or bad, but don't give it a bad rating just because you had a bad experience, even though you like what I say. Does that make sense? I hope it does. Anyway, guys, I hope you guys have a fun time. We've got uh, the next show that we will do is September 7th on Overland Radio. Um, this is a Tuesday today, but uh, Lee is not home yet. He wasn't feeling good, so he was going to stay, I think, another couple days in a hotel and just kind of relax. He was really worn out. Um, he has some things, you know, that he has to deal with and, uh, sometimes his body just kind of hurts. So he, uh, he was going to stay, um, a couple more days and just kind of relax before he headed home. 
he's got the ability to be able to do that. I had to hurry my ass to get home because I have to go to work. Should have been at work today. Going to be at work tomorrow. But uh, I didn't make it back until today, um, right before lunch or so. And uh, getting the gear out of the truck and stuff like that. I just took another. Just didn't go to work today. So, um, yeah. So, oh, yeah. September 7th. We're going to have Overland people, and what we're going to talk about is why overlanding, the, the little philosophy behind overlanding, the, the inspiration that you can get, the feel that it makes, the, the way it makes you feel, the way, the way you can be in a negative mood all week, and then you go camping, and it writes your whole system, you know? I was standing at the campfire talking to a bunch of people and Tommy was asking me, you know, what I get out over. What do you get out of overlanding, dude? Like, like, what do you get out of it? And I told him it just makes my soul feel good. And that kind of blew his mind. But I mean, that's really what it is. It, it, it sets me, you know, if I'm one way or the other, it equalizes me. It makes my soul feel good. I don't know how better to explain it, but when you break it down, you can say that the outdoors, you know, I just love the way it sounds, but really it makes your soul feel good. Like all of the answers will be broken down to it makes my soul or makes the inside of me just feel good. Um, it, 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 any negative thoughts that I have are, are turned around or I don't think about them. Um, they don't matter anymore. All of that stuff, it just, it, it puts me in a right place. And that's what I get out of it, and that's why I do this. I hope you guys enjoy it. I hope you guys get something out of this. Make sure, whatever you do, that you always go all over. Thank you, guys.